Splash 322 for throwing fire. We're keeping it there's no doubt that the game has changed and we are changing with it welcome to season two because in this season it is all about how we become and stay operational how we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job i'm your host jeff fanman Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Brute Force Training. Head over and check out the guys at BruteForceTraining.com, the sandbags, the gear, the equipment, the things that they offer, and of course, make sure you download the Brute Force app because it has got some unbelievable programming in there absolutely for free. And listen, when you pick up your next sandbag or your next shirt or your next pack, or whatever it is you're going to buy from these guys, use my discount code. That's op mindset, OP mindset, and they'll take a little bit off the top for you. Get in, get in action, get your sandbag, get your butt in the game, start working out, let that thing beat the crap out of you. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. That's bruteforcetraining.com, bruteforcetraining.com. Now, on to today's episode. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of Mindset Radio. Today and this week, we're talking about foundation. And I really couldn't think of a better guy, person, fireman uh, out there than to bring on than Ryan Pennington. Now, if you don't know Ryan, he runs Jump Seat Nation over at Jump Seat Radio, pod, uh, the podcast Jump Seat Radio. This guy's really committed day in and day out to helping you build a foundation, know what you're getting yourself into and really accelerating uh, in each part of your job. So Ryan, thanks for joining me, brother. Hey, thanks for the invitation, man. I've been stoked to come on your podcast after you were a guest (laughs) of mine. I've just been pumped to get up on here. Yeah, man. No, I've been looking forward to it. You know, you and I get to talk every so often, text back and forth, push through things, a lot of fun. And you know, I really, when I was going through and, and when we launched the new season, it was like, okay, how do we put things into action for people? How do we get out of theory? And, you know, season one was great because it is kind of that unpacking and uncovering of all the shit that's in our way and why we do. And in this transition into this new season, I really wanted to get kind of more like practical on the ground. What do we do? How do we do this? How do we function? And, you know, in the operational mindset program, one of the key factors when you look at the math equation you know you have your foundation as a key component in solving for your c3 right in enhancing your comfort competence and creativity and you know i think sometimes in our roles we go to our academy or we go to this particular thing and for some of us sometimes it's like we stop learning we think we know everything we think we're good no, I don't want to take, we start to develop our own opinion. You know what I mean? We, we grow up and like, you know, we, 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 we hit the second phase of, you know, being a teenager in the services, we start to develop our own opinion. Then we start to have judgment about everybody else. And we kind of stop learning and we stop building that foundation. And, you know, I know you deal with some really specific topics we'll talk about today, but I know you're a, you're like a rock solid believer in develop constantly developing your foundation all right so 
here's my opinion on that is you and I have talked at length about how we are not as good as we think we are. So you've been on the job for three to six years. You've been to 30 fires. You've been in a gunfight. You've been you've been deployed to Ramadi. You've been deployed wherever in the world that you want to go to. You're getting a pretty good handle on things. Good. Yeah. So guess what? If you don't, and I always say you've got to build the base, and I hate the term back to basics because the basics, only thing you should get back to is back to work. You should never <laughs> leave the freaking basics because yeah. your PPE is going to fail you if you don't prepare with it. Your gun is going to jam if you don't clean it, lube it, and pull it out of the holster properly. Your, uh, your map skills are going to get rusty if you don't use it. So everything should focus around the base. If you don't have that house foundation and you build the beach house on top of it, it's going to crumble. But at the same yeah. time, if you don't maintain that foundation, that's where we can really get ourselves into trouble. Man, I can't agree with you more. I think that's it, right? I mean, we if we look at ourselves over time, it's almost like we get cracks in our foundation. Right? Oh. We don't care for it. We don't pay attention to it. And... And then it starts to shake everything around us. I mean, because li listen, the game's changed today. I mean, I say that constantly now. It's not like it was 20 years ago. You know, you weren't just going to a fire. You may be going to a fire and getting shot at today. You know, you it, it's, it is like you and I talked about at Firehouse World, you know, when we were walking around the show, it's like, why are they selling body armor at a Firehouse <laughs> Expo? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm like, what? Well, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, dude, that's like standard issue stuff now, yeah, which is crazy. But I mean, and I keep, I, I hate to keep using this analogy, but I use this analogy all the time. Pull up YouTube right now and type in the word structure fire and just set back because us as keyboard quarterbacks have all the answers. But in yet, yeah. you're not on that scene. You don't know the situations around that scene. But if you really, really pay attention to it, they're not screwing up. Throwing a 35-foot ground lighter by themselves. They're not screwing up uh, doing these advanced techniques, this high-angle repel uh, underwater basket weaving. They're screwing up putting their PPE on. They're screwing up having their yeah. SCBA waist belt undone. They're screwing yeah, they're up. They're missing, missing doing the walk around. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. Ron had a fire the other well, day, and guess what I forgot to do? Well, I didn't forget oh. about it. I just couldn't do it because it was so freaking hot. My eyeballs were going to melt out of my head if I walked around the <laughs> stupid house. But you're right. That's the parts where we fail. And listen, if you're cocky, I don't care if you are uh, a San Francisco Rescue One firefighter with more medals than freaking, I don't know, General Patton himself on your chest. Don't care. You still put your boots on the same way. You still respond the same way. And you can still find yourself in a world of poop because you can't do the basics anymore. And let's face it, you're, yeah. we're, you're racing age, you're racing fitness, you're racing peer pressure. And oh, by the way, there's the stress, the environment you're going in. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all the stuff that happens at home and on the ride to work and everything else that happens to end, by the way, all the garbage you're carrying from your childhood <laughs> and all the fun stuff we like to deal with. I think that's yeah, why, but, th what drew me to me to you, Jeff, is you, <clears throat> the clarity, the mission focus and attending your class, uh, actually I recorded your class <laughs> in, in Los Angeles, but it was like, oh my gosh. And, and the, the one example that really stood up about what you do is the guy just got shot in the chest. I mean, took a round of yeah. the chest. 
but he was still able to collect his thoughts and put bullets downrange and solve the problem. Let me tell you what, firefighters out there, when was the last time you got mule kicked and then had to get up and throw the two and a half up? I mean, these are the things that are real world ops that we need to adjust for on the fire ground or whether you're a police officer. I mean, dude, that, that was that was a powerful video. Dude took one in the chest. Dude, that's, yeah, I, I I don't want to say what I say in the ending of <laughs> right, that, right, you right, know, because right. we've got classes coming up. But but yeah, man, I mean, it's uh, uh, well, hell, you know, I just look at everybody else who play that video. That's a 19 year old kid, yeah. uh, you know, who performs at really a, a, an amazing level. And yeah, I have no problem looking at the audience going, okay, that he's 19. What's yeah. your freaking excuse? You know what I mean? Why? I've got 10 What's years your... on the job. I'm, yeah. I'm seasoned salty raw. <laughs> right. But, you know, and it's, and I think it's interesting that I think the attitude, when you see that attitude emerge uh, from people, they are people that probably need this the most. You know what I mean? Like, like I, the, I, I think the good thing is the people that, you know, generally listen to this podcast or listen to yours or taking something on, right. They're the people that are, that are humbling themselves that are actually trying to make themselves better. I mean, you deal with a highly complex issue day in and day out on the, the hoarder fires, right. On the, whatever you technically call them, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm I'm out of that. I'm out of the game now, so well, I don't need all the technical terms. The thing about this is, is, and I don't know, when you're getting comfortable in this job, whether it be police, law enforcement, EMS, military, um, whatever you're in, when you're getting comfortable in it, it has a way of humbling you very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like and and i think the one thing that draws people to me is listen i'm chubby old appalachian dude that runs around and when i teach a class i'm not teaching you how great i am i'm telling you how bad did i screw this up right because you've got to have that lack of ego and an honest hindsight view of how you screwed up so it's yeah, like man, I, dude go and, and just I don't understand why people walk around this earth thinking their poop don't stink, knowing that they've screwed up something within their last training evolution, response to a, a serious situation or whatever. We need to humble ourselves, get rid of the ego and say, hey, listen, this is what I screwed up on. This is how I can improve it. So that way, next time I don't make that same mistake again yeah man you know and that's the that's the interesting thing so when i sat down and totally geeked out right and was starting to put math to mindset when i was starting to really look at how we solve the problem because you know as well as i do there's a bunch of bullshit out there oh. about mindset mental performance and all that stuff i mean there's just it's about 95 percent crap right. out there and there are a few people that do it really well and you know, I sat down with all the psychs and I went through a bunch of processes and I pulled out all the old models and the methodologies that I built. And I, what I wanted to do is create kind of a clearly defined math equation. So you can look at it and say, that's where I need to improve or that's where I'm mi missing, right? That's my gap right there. And, you know, foundation is a composite of your knowledge, skills, and abilities. I mean, that's really what it is, right? It's right. your foundation. It's the things you learn and how you grow. It's the technical aspect of your job, right? And, and if you don't have that, 
you know, then it's not there. But the key factor is I was going through this discovery process, right? So we take, you know, your experience multiplied by your foundation. And what I found was when you just kind of exist in that way, like I'm going to go learn something and then I'm going to go have an experience. It's like a one for one exchange. Hmm. And what you just hit on was this kind of exponent factor that I found, right? What advances my foundation and my experience? What multiplies those things? And that was openness, you know, and openness is, all these things are measurable. Like I can measure your level of openness. I can give you a battery of tests. I can go through and measure your level of humility and imagination and all these component pieces to it. And that, that seems to be the missing link because if I go back and sit in a class today, like, I, you know, I may not like the guy teaching and maybe the, the topic isn't uber relevant, but I promise you there's some nugget in there. And I think that's the, that's where openness comes into play. It's like, wow, I didn't even realize that, or I hadn't thought about it that way, or I hadn't looked at it that way. Do you feel like that's prevalent or becoming more and more prevalent these days in the fire service and in the community? Or, I mean, you're selling the job. What do you see? I, it's situational. <laughs> I go back to the, the Joe Starnes famous quote. It depends. I think yeah. it depends on the attitude of your leaders and whether mm. they break down the barriers to growth. I think the barriers to growth is bravado, machoisms, egos, yeah. need to be better than somebody else. I think the best leaders have no egos and can say two words, I'm sorry, or I screwed yeah. up. I guess that's three. But I mean, I think that's, if you make the environment and, and <clears throat> listen, I'm the first one to say, hey, listen, I screwed up. I screw up all the freaking time. But I will tell you that I learned from each one of them. And I will tell you that we saved a guy's life because Ryan screwed up with the PPE uh, issue. But when the next time it came and the game time was on the line and the guy needed to save from the house fire, it was a flawless performance. And I can't say yeah. that about every call. But that one sure. morning at the 47th out of the 48-hour shift I was on, at 0500, and I was getting ready to go home, we rescued a man from a working fire, overtopped the fire. By the time the battalion chief got there, we had him on the street and the fire under control. Nice. And, and the thing about it is, I'm not Johnny Good. I tell you what, that came from me screwing up about a month before. And I was like, oh, wow, I have a need to go practice that. So it's like, I, if you humble yourself, if you get that outside view of what your real weaknesses are, I think that's mm -hmm. where real your foundation expands. But I also say that's where you can grow in uh, your marriage. You can grow in uh, your yeah. profession or just in your life. It's like, listen, you don't have to be Billy Badass all the time. If you screw up, I like you even better. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a huge part of it. I think we, you know, we do, we do operate and live in a very egocentric environment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but it's like what I've found over time is it's like a false it's like a false floor. You know what I mean? Like if you actually get most people one-on-one, -on -one, right? there are exceptions to this, but if you get most people one-on-one, -on -one, they're really willing to take a look at themselves or really willing to, you know, dive deeper, look at where they need to improve, you know, and that's, that's interesting to me. Cause then there's like this false floor that says when I'm in the group dynamic, right. I now have to be X, Y, and Z. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Get the, pull the freaking stick out of your ass. Lighten the fuck up. 
you know, we're, we all screw up. Right. We're all going to be idiots at some point in time. We're all going to be stupid. We're all going to do something stupid. But see, that, you know, that false not, floor and, can and, put up so many barriers. If you're not approachable, if you think you walk on water, yeah. and I can tell, I mean, I would name their names right here if they wouldn't come hunt me down and choke me out of <laughs> instructors. And I tell them this, I told one of them right to his face. The only thing holding you back from instructing at an international level is you are an asshole. <laughs> right to his face. Yeah. And if he's listening, yeah. he knows what I'm talking about. It's like, you are an asshole. You, I might be fat and out of shape, but you can't come bash me in front of all the rest of the class and expect me to learn from you or any other situation. I mean, yeah. if I, do I need work? Sure. Pull me to the side and say, hey, uh, Chubby, why don't we get uh, working on this? Or this is your area yeah. of improvement that I'd like to see you improve on. But you can't be an asshole as a leader and have a group, especially in a group setting, because if you're – I want my guys and girls to be better than I am, which is not that hard. I mean, it really is not. But, I mean, if you let that ego go, oh, my gosh, you're going to have a group of high-performing people. At a high level. And my best officer I've ever had says like three words a shift. But when the stuff goes sideways, you want to see his mustache on that scene right now. I'm like, where are you at? Get yeah. here right now. And that guy has yeah. zero ego. None. Yeah, man. You know, I think what ends up happening is, and it, it's a, this is a childhood issue. You know, if you look at it, you think about it. So if you've got kids, you know, you watch this happen. There comes a point, and then it repeats itself in, in our lives constantly. So when we're new on the job, you know, we're a kid, like everything is discoverable. Right. Everything's new. Everything's cool. Everything's neat. You know, there's so much going on there, right? But we somewhere, and you know, from a childhood thing, right, you get into your teens, you begin to know everything, <laughs> and you don't want to listen to anybody, and you don't want to really expand yourself. You're just kind of in your world, right? And it's a, it's very much a time that you're in your own right. space. You're in your own world. And it happens. It happens in the fire service. It happens in law enforcement community. And what we lose in that time is this place where we are constantly kind of carrying an attitude of discovery, right? Where we no longer become curious about things. And especially if we reach a level where we're taking the stage, that's where you need it the most, yeah. but, but that's where it seems to falter a little bit. It's like, well, I've achieved something. Now I'm on stage, dude. I learn something every time I give a talk, every time I give a class, I'm always curious about my audience and curious about the current world. You know, what's going on? What are you facing? Uh, you know, and I, I, I'm nobody special. I've had a lot of cool opportunity in my life. I've taken that opportunity. It's done some cool stuff for me, but I am no one special, you know, and, but I'm always curious. I want to understand why we do what we do. I want to understand, you know, what the complexities in the environment hold. So I think, I think we somehow, you know, there's like a breakdown there. And, but those are the things that let you approach a class or a topic. I mean, well, you and I were in LA, what, back in March? Mm -hmm. Was it yeah, March? Yeah. February. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I always start my classes now and I look at everybody and I'm like, all right, listen, here's the deal. If you want to be in this room, I need you to do one thing for me. And that is set judgment aside. Yeah. yeah. Right. And if you can't do it, leave because <laughs> you will get nothing from this. I promise the, you. The thing about all this is, is, okay, let's just say you're the baddest mother trucking 
<laughs> firefighter, coptological indicator, operator, army ranger, navy seal, whatever. You are the, you are the baddest of the bad. I mean, I, I, the name Paul Hashagan comes to mind right now. One of the most decorated firefighters that have ever graced the FDMY. Spent his whole life in Rescue yeah. One. The guy's got more medals going down his chest than General Patton, but yet is the most humble, kind, yeah. interested in everyone. If we would take that bravado and switch it to improving those around us, such as a Paul Hashagan, or I'm telling you, to this day, if you meet John Norman, you would think he was there to paint your house. Not the guy who yeah. commanded the rescue and recovery efforts of 9-11. At least he was part of the rescue, the SOC commander. And right. he knows you by name, and he talks to you just like you do. If you really feel like you're getting that good, make the people around you that good. Yeah, man. I mean, and that goes to, you know, and you said something earlier interesting, right? It goes to the culture, the leadership, you know, the components, the attitude of kind of each of each person on the crew, because this happens... You know, this isn't something that happens in the academy. We're talking about, you know, what it looks like when you're on the That's street. right. You know, how, how are you in a firehouse? How are you in your squad car? How are you in the team room, you know, at various places? Like this is the, you know, to look around and be like, okay, what are we going to do today to improve our foundation? What are, what's our basis and where are the cracks? What do we need to patch up? You know, do we need to go out and do freaking two minute drills? You know, I wait, I'm too cold to do a two minute drill. Uh, you know, do I need to go back and just walk through the, walk through the engine? Do I need to do walk arounds again? Do I need to pull out the chainsaw and start the freaking chainsaw? You know what I mean? Like, like fundamental basis stuff. And that's driven by the leader. And I've even watched that driven by, you know, the drivers, the technicians, the master techs, the, the firemen, you know, I, I think my favorite role in the firehouse was being the master technician. Right. That, that you know, informal be, leader. Yeah, exactly. Like, all right, assholes, you know, if, if the lieutenant's not coming out, we're doing this now. Right. Um, I love that role because it's that kind of gritty sergeant role. You know what I mean? Like, like let's get stuff moving. I, I tell you, it's something that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about lately because I, I am getting ready to make rank. I am going to have my own, my yeah. own shift, my own crew and leaving mine. And let me tell you, Guys, if you're listening, sorry about this. They're not the best. They're not. They've got glaring <laughs> issues. But I'm telling you, yeah. when the poop hits the fan, I know who my senior medic strengths are. I know who my junior medic strengths are. I know who my junior firefighter strengths are. I know my captain's strengths. And us as a team, oh, no, bring it. Bring it. Because, I yeah. mean, it's like we've formed that bond. And it's like I am yeah. nervous as heck to lose them, let alone we get along fantastic, let alone there's no egos right. amongst us. But it's like, I'm going to have to go develop my team now. Because right now I'm like that mm -hmm. junior junior officer, senior enlisted, so to speak. But pretty soon I'm going to be the person that's going to have to do And I'm not going to be able to bring my guys with me. So how do I bring our environment together? And that's that. That's an answer that I'm going to have to kind of muck through here shortly. Yeah, man. It's it, you know that's part of the reason why I created a couple of years ago created the actors to architect course, right? The operational leaders course, uh, moving from actor to architect, uh, because when you you know you come up the services, you come up through the ranks, and you're going to have to make a transition at one point from the back seat, right, right the back step into the front seat, and you know there's a lot of 
lot of opportunity to fall on your sure. face there. Uh, yeah. And it's not like divine intervention showed up and blessed you with like this crazy new level of knowledge and elevated you to a whole new game. You've got to make that transition. And so when you step into that new role, it's like, how do I hang out? How do I watch and listen and learn and see where you're going to move that crew? You know what I mean? Oh, dude, there, there's so much wisdom in, in just saying that. It's just, you, you, I mean, it, everybody says you can't, you, you have to eat the elephant one bite at a time, or you can't pull the boat without steadily pulling the line. I really think it starts with learning people's likes and dislikes. Yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's, you need to learn uh, your people. But then, but then maybe this is something where you can add a little bit of two cents in with it. You need to get them in some stressful situations. And I'll give an example. Yes. On the fire the other day. I mean, ripping fire. I'm there by myself with a volunteer, my volunteer department, waiting for the first two engine to get there. I'm trying to make some decisions. The exposure D was catching on fire. And, and my wife always says that she don't understand how my brain is always 10 steps ahead of everybody else. She's like, this is, some people have gifts. I mean, some people yeah. can play the guitar. Ryan can think 10 steps ahead of where we're at. The default of Ryan is it sounds like I'm panicked because I'm like, like I just don't get the tongue. I don't do that on purpose. That is a character flaw where I have to work on. But yeah. it's like, I want the first two lines stretched, water charged, 150 at the tip. I'm going to exposure, blah, 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 blah. And some guy turns to me and says, you need to calm the F down. I about lost it. I'm like, listen, partner, <laughs> excuse me? You need to calm the F down. Well, I won't tell you what I told him. And we made up and I explained to him. I said, listen, this is not me attacking you. This is me with a job. This is Ryan with a bit between his teeth. This is Ryan trying to save a house. If you can't perform the functions that I'm asking, just get out of my way. I'll do it. <laughs> and and, I'm, and listen, when I say this, there's no, ego, there's no ego in here. I'm not degrading him. You want to be in charge? You go be in charge, baby. Go get your little white helmet, your clipboard, and your radio. Just get the flip out of my way. Once we so. get things stabilized, <laughs> then we can talk about it. All right, quick pause, because this episode is brought to you in part by Chief Miller Apparel. Listen, pop over to Instagram and check out Chief Miller. You can find him at Chief underscore Miller underscore on Instagram. Thanks for sponsoring us, Chief. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, are you ready for your coaching session? <laughs> Let me go ahead and lay down on the couch here. Uh, <laughs> Just go ahead, go ahead and lay back and get comfortable. Close your eyes for a minute. I, I would challenge you to say, because I know, I know exactly what you're saying. It was very much like that for a long time. Uh, the, the thing about it is, there's really still an ego playing out there. There's uh, a I'm sure. there's a level of yeah, there's a level of urgency and a level of expectations that you have for yourself that then you're imposing on everybody else. And that's probably one of the most common pitfalls of people that are climbing the ranks and moving right. up is you lose you you get to this place where you think, you know, these are my expectations. This is how I perform and I expect everyone else to perform. Listen, I was an asshole in the firehouse. Right. And anyone, any one person would tell you that. I mean, there was a point in time where probably 95% of the department 
hated me. Right. Because uh, I was a dick. Because I held a personal set of experts. And I would say, I don't have an ego about it. I, don't have to, I would say all that stuff. Yeah, but maybe we do. The truth, yeah, the truth was I really, it wasn't necessarily an ego. It was a standard which I held myself to. Right. That I created in my own mind. And then I created this expectation without really communicating it clearly to everyone else that you're going to operate at my level of expectations. Oh, so doc, and- so there I was. <laughs> you're right. I mean, you're yeah, right. Yeah, half the other listeners are going, fuck. <laughs> you're right. I, well, I- it, man, it's a, it is a, when, and when I finally learned to like step back and just be calm, even in the firehouse and, and listen, you know, and, and ask people like, what, talk to me, like, what's been your, what's your, been your biggest frustration? You know, what, what are your yeah, fears? But at, the same, but at the same time, it's like when there's a sense of urgency and there's a mission that gets to be done, I may, maybe that's where I might have a little bit of disagreement with you. I do agree. My expectations are my expectations. They're not the next guy's expectations. They're mine. It, you are absolutely yeah. 1 million percent right. But at the same time, it's like when you're not moving at my speed and maybe I'm going back to the couch now, Jeff, I'm back on the couch. Maybe you're you're right again. We've got an operational tempo that we need to meet right now. You're not meeting it. So how do you fill that gap? Well, and I think you just the probably the biggest thing is, man, you're going to you're going to need to get clear. You're going to need to adjust and you don't do it right out of the gate like a bull in a china shop. Right. (laughs) Right. But but in cultivating your your crew, your team, you know, you sit down, you have a real conversation and you say, listen, I need everyone to understand how I operate. Right. And you go through it and you say, listen, these are the quirks about me. These are the things that I do or say, you know, and, and be very clear about expectations. When I used to work and go back to USASOC headquarters, US Army Special Operations headquarters once a quarter to meet with these young leaders, most of the conversation was based on how you build, create, and set expectations. Right. You know, and you got to hear from your people, what are their expectations? Where's their own personal expectations of you and of the rest of the crew? Like that's 90% of breakdowns, frustrations, arguments, irritations, lack of performance, gaps in performance on the fire ground, all draw back to a misalignment of expectations of performance. And, 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 and you're, you're spot on. And, and the thing about it is I, I haven't cultivated that relationship with that crew yet. I guess, because I asked my guys, they're like, Ron, you're a freaking spaz most of the time, but we understand that your brain is just that fast. We've gotten used to how you operate. So I asked her, do I ever get out of control? And she's like, either like, no, but are you wound tight? He's like, well, you're not really wound tight, but you're wound tight. It's like, we get, I mean, it's like, even they're they're like, you're usually three steps ahead of us. I mean, in my current role as lieutenant, where I'm the driver operator, I usually got the door forced open, the line charged, the hydrant put. I mean, they're like, we don't know how you do it most times. I mean, it's just, but I guess you're right. It's just they're used to it. It's just Ryan's normal. It's just your normal, right? Right. And they, over time, have an expectation of how you will perform. Right. And and even in that, you and I will do some side work and I'll teach you some breath work and a few other things that then you can maintain that level of 
And, you know, there's a whole, we could have a whole nother session around what's actually happening inside you, why you see things the way you see things, right? you know, why you're processing at the speed you're processing, but you got to really be able to then take that, slow that down and then communicate that out effectively in some really cool ways. You and I can spend some time working on some breath work and a few other techniques. You had to put me uh, back on the couch, didn't you? <laughs> well, dude, man, I mean, that's what this is all about, right? It this is. is about how do, how do we perform? And how do we create the right culture? How do we elevate ourselves and the people around us? How do we do that? And, you know, it's like we started this conversation off with, like foundation is the key. And, and yeah, you're going to need to go in there and say, all right, listen, we're going to run some drills. We're going to run some foundational drills, you know, not basics, you know, nobody wants to do basics. We're going right. to run some foundational drills and we're going to apply some various stress factors and I'm going to begin to observe performance. Now I, I'll tell you, man, one of the things that I used to do with my, my crew, I never sat back and watched. Right. I always participate. Like I, but, I geared up, but I did things. That's part of the, the crew cohesion. And I'm so yeah. glad that we're having this conversation because I am going to have to adjust real soon because pretty soon yeah. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the senior enlisted anymore. I'm the no, second Lieutenant. No. <laughs> I mean, well. yeah, you're, you're, you're the one, you're the one driving the, driving the train. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, it, man, I'm, in my personal growth, I'll have to adjust that. I mean, it, it's, there's, there's great points about it, but then there's also some mm -hmm. detrimental points about it. I mean, we went to an apartment fire and I was driving a ladder truck and my officer and firefighter are knee deep in four rescues. So I was like, hey, man, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and start barking out what we want. He's like, Ryan, you do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm busy right now. So I'm like, hey, truck, I need you to the roof check for vertical fire extension. Engine four, we need you on the side C. We got your line stretched and ready. No forcible entry problems. The first ambulance, I need you the front for this. And I had a couple people kind of bust my chops. Like, well, we're not just with a 12 alarm fire. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess you knew what you do was going to do. But guess you knew what you were going to do before you got here. And then I had one of the captains come to me and says, Ryan, that was the best fire I've ever been to. It's like, I knew what, what I was going to do before I got here. So yeah. I was like, there's got to be a happy medium to being organized, mission focused, but then being able to communicate in a calmer sense, maybe is what I need to work on. Yeah. I mean, I think after I got out of the military, went back to the firehouse, a chief showed up one day and he's like, listen, Jeff, <laughs> could you actually add some kind of like urgency to your voice when you talk on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> because I, you, you said you had fire on the second floor. What you didn't say was the whole second floor was on fire. <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, my chief's rule was if I don't hear band man on air, it's not an emergency. <laughs> right. I mean, that was the, that was kind of his his barometer for how fast he got out of bed or how fast he moved was is Jeff like, <laughs> you know, or is he like talking normal? Because if he's still talking normal, it's not that bad. We'll but see. Yeah, man. I mean, there those are those. That's a I think that's a level of personal maturity and growth, right? You know that you begin to step into, and you know I, I talk about it several times. It's like how do I bring calm to chaos? Ooh. And that's not, not just like solving the problem, right? That's not just handling the emergency. We operate in chaos. Oh. Like there, we never, never, we will not have a unchaotic environment. That's impossible. But being the center of calm in that world of chaos is really critical. And that's a, that's a energetic move. That's a communication move. So, you know, we're definitely going to ping you and get you tuned up. 
and, you know, breath work and a few other things that then will, your mind can run a hundred miles an hour. And then your communication sounds like you're freaking smoking a doobie. <laughs> oh, chief, I'm going to need you to have to uh, oh, get from the drug uh, test. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like the guys are. Uh, that, that, is, that is going to be an area. I mean, I keep worrying about my areas of personal. That is absolutely what I need is to, to break down the mental aspect of it and say, hey, listen, you may be you may need a water supply here. You may need the truck to the top. You might need the rescue truck to do the search, but you don't, I mean, you've got to be able to do it. I mean, we've got a guy on the department who always told him all, all the time that his size up always sounds like, we've got a bus of nuns pinned over on the sidewalk. <laughs> They've got yellow slippers on. There's 12 dead and four getting ready to die, but we're okay <laughs> up here. And it's like, I, I mean, how do you go from Ryan? It sounds like a, I don't know, Cracker Jack box wound up full of uh, Mountain Dew. I don't know. I mean, that's part of Ryan's personal. It is. And, and I'm, well, yeah. And you don't want to lose that. You don't want to no. lose that. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. Here's a challenging question. Do you not trust that other people will see what you see? Well, that's, that's the million dollar question. My guys, no, I bet they don't. I, I'm telling you that I think that is what, now I won't tell all my guys. I got, I've got one firefighter and I'm not gonna tell you what his name is because he'll get a big head over. He's, he is what you want. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is squared away. He's a hard work and ethic experience. Just yeah, maybe, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe not. All right. I'm back on the couch again, Jeff. Uh, my name is Brian. <laughs> I have an ego. I, I just don't know because I, and the thing about it is what makes me so great with my crew right now is my captain goes at the speed of reverse. I mean, he mm. is slower than Methuselah, but now you put a snail and a jackrabbit in the same environment working together, our mediocre speed is pretty daggone quick because I speed right. him up. He slows me down. It's like yin yeah. and yang. And that's, I think that's why we make such a good crew. So the answer well, to your question yeah, is, Matt, I don't know. <laughs> well, and that's, and that goes back to, okay. So as a leader, right, as you move towards this, this transition into you know, being the leadership role, you've got to build a new foundation, right? You've oh, got yes. to, you've got to begin to elevate that uh, foundation that you've got and now start to apply pieces that maybe are a little uncomfortable or maybe you're not used to, uh, you know, cause you are in a spot where now I've got to cultivate this team. You know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, even as, as hard as we were, I mean, this is the funny thing for me. I ran up against it. Yeah. On the, my crew, on the fire ground, I didn't have to say a word, you know, I right. just, I just did the, the gentle reminders going down the road. Everybody's got this. We're going to do this. Everybody knew what they were going to do. We pulled up complete silence, execute, execute, execute. And they were good. I mean, they were hopping and popping. Nobody wanted to come to the firehouse when we were on because they were too quote unquote intimidated. Um, <laughs> You know, but, but here's the deal. Uh, great on the fire ground and very much like that. I mean, somebody called me Sonic on the Sonic, the hedgehog on the fire ground. <laughs> like, Dude, you're all over the place. Uh, you know, but at the same time where I really failed was in the firehouse. Like I failed right. to cultivate, I failed to cultivate that level of expectation in a way that everyone felt good about like they I, I create an environment that my crew never felt like they were good enough right yeah. wow that's pretty deep i mean yeah. that's like they were all, always gonna let me down and and it and it came to a head and, you know and everybody sat down and was like okay we're done 
him or us, we're out. Fuck this guy, you know? <laughs> so, you know, in the firehouse, out of the firehouse, on the fire ground, you know, you can't carry the same, the same mode of operation and same intensity. Well, and, and then I would just, you know, here's the deal, man, you know, when you start to kind of get in that, you know, Ryan right. mode. So step, blinders on. That's yeah, right. So step back and say, you know, Hey, am I the calm or am I the chaos? Oh, oh man, you're hitting me here, dog. I thought this podcast about you, but no, this ain't podcast about me, man. This podcast is about <laughs> you. This thing, this thing, this I, is I what mean, we do, man. This is this is mindset. Welcome, welcome to Mindset Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, shut wow. the fuck up, get on the couch. Oh yeah, but I mean, dude, you're so spot on. And I mean, I don't work the ambulance anymore, and I think that's where I ran into problems on the ambulance. I mean, I can remember given we had a, a, a one that really stands out is we had a we had an ice storm. We had a double we had a double traumatic. I guess it was like a level two, two level one traumas. No other ambulances could get there. So it was me, me, the paramedic and one EMT and a firefighter driving. And I've got two intubated trauma patients. And I mean, I, I, I must have sounded like I just had my hair on fire. So, I mean, there was no other ambulance to get there. I finally did pick up another paramedic on the way in. And I start spouting on the radio to the hospital. I'm like, listen, I need a trauma alert. I need this, 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 this alert. The guy literally got on the radio and said, step back from the microphone, count to 30, and come back and talk to me. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I almost put my hand through the microphone to smack him upside the face and say, listen, partner, I got two people dying on me. I'm by myself in an ice storm, standing up on the back of the ambulance. Maybe you need to write faster. Doctors, multiple, door, see ya. But I mean, you're right. I mean, if I'm really looking at Ryan as a whole, how do you take that sense of urgency, communicate it, but in a calm fashion? Well, Ooh. yeah, man. And, and here's the thing to understand. Here's where the problem lies. You are not enabling the people around you to be great at their role. Oh, man, hit me where it hurts, Dude. dog. Oh. Dude, when you, when you, when you're, when you're in your, you know, you, you, it sounds to me, I'm just going to call it like it is. Cause I know I can say this to you cause it's all from love, <laughs> yeah. but it sounds right, like right, you right. become part of the emergency. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, man. I mean, and that's okay. I mean, dude, we've all been there. It's not like I say that from some holier than now, you know? Yeah, I'm, Sonic. I'm yeah, Sonic. Show. Let's talk about you. Dude, Sonic. I've been a shit show, man. I got plenty of stories of screwing things up and being a total asshole and uh and being like that and and being angry in the firehouse and telling people they're fucked up and get off my fire ground and i mean oh, I, but, I, but you know Jeff, i freaking booted you know, i booted i booted you know we in sterling you know fairfax county ran in i booted a freaking entire engine off the fire ground uh this is a truck officer out of interior command they weren't doing their job i looked at this captain I think I was a master technician at the time. I looked at this captain and said, you are going to get your crew and get the fuck off my fire ground. And I keyed <laughs> up the radio, Tower 11 to command. I'm sending engine blank downstairs to you right now. I want them removed from the fire ground for a lack of performance and endangering our lives. Because, yeah, dude, I, I, you want to talk about being a dick. I could be a total dick. Now, is it the right thing? Maybe, maybe not. You know, did I handle it well? No, I got chewed out later for it, but. Well, it, I, I think you're kind of hitting on part of what I've been working on as far as Ryan's growth, because I, I, I 
you've really spliced the nerves what you've done. But I mean, you are so right because it's just it's time for the evolution to happen because my podcast is called the jump seat. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why that, because that was always my focus. I was always the worker bee. Yeah. And and I'm not saying I was the best, but let me tell you at one point in my life, I was pretty damn good. Sure. And I made the people around me better. I trust me. There may be a little ego when I say that. I mean, when I was at engine eight, they would special call that engine around other engines because they knew when we showed up, jobs done, done right. Yep. And I was a, an integral part of that team, or at least I'd like to think I am. But now the evolution's coming where I've got to start evolving. And, and the captain the other day said, he said, I'm glad you're starting to get some white in that mustache because you can't be a, a be a captain without white in your mustache. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe that what we're talking about here, it, 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 it just, it's got to what, it's got to what, it's what has to happen. Yeah, man. To I, make that it, evolution. It really is. It's that, it's that you got to step back and look at your foundation and say, okay, the foundation that served me to now is not the foundation that will serve me moving forward. Right. Right. And so what is it I need to do? And as a leader, when you're, when you're now stepping into the leadership role, you know, you've got to be able to connect and understand things like emotional intelligence and communication and you know all these factors come into play that you know as a backseat fireman or even as a driver you don't have to worry about you know you're like dude, pull your head out of your ass and run that line you know what i mean like (laughs) like like you know the easiness to it and i always tell guys i say listen you know are you the calm are you the chaos like what and that's just a quick check are you enabling everyone else if you talk super fast or start hammering out orders or, you know, people, people want to feel trusted. Right. You know, they want to feel like, like they're capable. And sometimes when you overrun your headlights or you start barking it out, and I know this for a fact, I tore my people to shit. They were great. And I loved them. And unknowingly, right. I couldn't see the freaking, doors for the barn or whatever your freaking West Virginia conversation comment. But I couldn't see it, right? Couldn't see the forest for the trees. I couldn't see past my own shit and see that I was just ripping them to shreds. They didn't want to come to the firehouse anymore. They were like, fuck. Right. You know, what what do you know? I'd like to think that I've that I've kind of gotten past that point. Because there was a point in time where the chief chief came and said, hey Ryan, you got to fix yourself because I can't get nobody to work the ambulance with you. He had that conversation. Yeah. He did. And I, I thank him for it every day because I think I have gotten better at that. But you, boy, you're really exposing the nerve because the evolution of that is. <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah. I, I mean, it really is, is, is evolving towards the next step. And you're right. Pretty soon it's and and maybe I got this wrong, but my idea of leadership and I don't, I don't know what quote I heard the other day. It's no longer about you. It's about them. Yes. And that is where I am headed. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, and I told you a little earlier, well, there's no ego here. Well, yeah, there is. there's a little bit of ego here. Listen, we all have it. It doesn't go away. Right. You know, I mean, it, to right. think that I could never stand before anyone and say, you know, I always say my ego has been blown out of me, burned out of me, shot out of me. Right. It's kind of, <laughs> it's pretty thin, but it doesn't mean shit doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean I still don't have right. an ego. I mean, you can't get rid of it. It's impossible. I mean, you want a good book, read go to the bookstore on mindset.com and pick up, uh, I think it's up there, uh, Ryan Holiday's Ego's Enemy. Talk about a swift kick in the balls. 
for about 200, oh, 200 right. pages. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's just something though. You can't get rid of it. You draw awareness to it. You understand when, yeah. you know, and I, we had, uh, Cherie Alexander on the podcast talking about influence. She made a great point, <laughs> which was hard to hear. She's <laughs> like, there comes that point where your ego or the mission has to be bigger than your ego. And I tell you, I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like to think that I'm there, but maybe I'm not all the way there. I mean, you definitely under uh, uncovered some areas of personal growth that I can work on. And I mean, truly at the heart and soul of Ryan is I do want to make the people around me better. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I really don't totally. have to be, the, I don't have to be the one making the grab. I don't have to be the one yep. dropping the two decompressing the chest. My heydays are, by, well, I don't want to say my heydays are behind me, but I mean, I don't have nothing left to prove, I guess. So, I mean, I'd like to think that I don't have, I know my, what my knowledge, skills and abilities are. Yeah. I know what my weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. But pretty soon you're right. It, it's not about me anymore. Uh, you throw that red hat on. It's about. I would assume that I'll be assigned to an to a station that has an ambulance. It's about those other four folks assigned in my house. Yeah. And, and switching that switch to make them look good, prepare them for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Be replaceable. Be humble. Be replaceable. And you know, you're just. It's like this. Uh, I mean, you know, it's understanding even marketing these days. You know what I mean? So many people try to put themselves in the spotlight as the hero. It's like, for me, I'm not the hero about mindset. This isn't my world. This is your world. Right. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just, well, yeah, I'm just the guide, right? I, I just view myself right. kind of like the, the, the guide that can get us back to this place that we really want to be. And, right. and that only comes from 30 years of fucking it up of learning, of doing the research, of expanding myself, of putting myself in conditions I didn't exactly enjoy being in, uh, physically, right. mentally, and emotionally, right? And then imparting that knowledge, sharing that knowledge, and then giving a pathway for people to move forward. And so, yeah, man, dude, I, I think, you know, well, I, one, I didn't expect the conversation to go this way, but I, think it, <laughs> but I think it was phenomenal because I know for a fact, like, if I had had when I was making captain, if I had this, if I could have listened to this, dude, oh. holy cow, talk about just, okay, take a breath, step back. You know, if you're listening to this, resisting it, thinking you're not it, sorry to break it to you. You are definitely it, <laughs> you know? I, I think that's what, what Jump Seat Radio, uh, I, what I'd like to portray is you're not different than I am. Yeah. I mean, we are all type A individuals. Yep. Most of us want to be the leader at some point. I mean, yep. I know I resisted it for a lot longer than most. Uh, I stayed in the jump seat for 10 years. Uh, three of them was not my choice, but <laughs> I just hope that someone listening can take it away and come back and say, it's like, hey, I've ex I experienced the same thing Ryan does. Yeah. And it's like, today's more been a it, it's more common than you think. Well, I mean, it, this is uh, this is my second podcast today, and I recorded one episode of Jump Seat Radio podcast today with a 26-year-old female firefighter that lost 110 pounds, broke through the barriers of looking down on a female entering the fire service, finished paramedic class, and now she's riding the jump seat. Nice. You want to talk about a day of exploration with Ryan? Yeah. So, and that's wrapping it up with what's standing in your way as a barrier? Where's yeah. your room for improvement? What can you do tomorrow to make tomorrow better? And then I come on here with you and realize, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right, dude. You can unpack me because I got my own. Shit. You know what I mean? It's like we'll, well, we'll, think, we'll swap it. Yeah, I think that's where your history with your army background, and of course your your government service. Yeah. You do have some extra extra. Um, I couldn't imagine a Navy SEAL talking like, and, and, and you just smack me in the face again. I couldn't imagine Jocko as the task unit bruiser commander getting on the radio saying, I need the water in the front line. I need a line on top. I need a ventilation. You're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I can imagine that calm, the sense of urgency coming across saying, I mean, maybe I am right. Maybe I don't know. Cause I really don't know. But I mean, it's like, there is an area I could improve on. So Hey, dude. Thanks, I, Doc. Hey, Matt. Listen, I want to acknowledge you for today. This was a this was a a phenomenal episode that I think is going to benefit people. And so, thank you for your willingness to put your ass on the line with me. Uh, yeah. This is why. This is why I. This is why I do this. Right. This is right. This, this right here because this is the stuff that we're not really we're fighting internally. Right. We're not dealing with externally. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to find and fix and figure out, but we're not communicating it. We're not really getting the support we need to grow and build that new foundation, expand ourselves and transition from, you know, the backseat to the front seat to transition from, you know, actor in the equation to the architect, to really designing the crew and designing the space and, you know, really performing at a new level. So my friend, this was phenomenal. Thank you, my friend. I, I'm honored. I'm blessed. I'm looking forward to Nashville. Uh, I'll be sitting there with my camera yes. again, and we will definitely do more episodes of yours and my show while we're in Nashville. I think the dates for what are the dates there for that? Ninth, tenth, eleventh. I think I'm talking on the eleventh. When do you when do you give your talk? Uh, I talk three times. I talk on the three 10th, times, eleventh, yeah. and twelfth. I do aggressively positive, which we'll have to podcast about that sometime. Yep, we'll talk about that. Yep. And then we're doing. I'm doing a, a, a class with a retired chief Butchie Cobb from New Jersey City about search and from the inside out. And then twelfth, I'm doing the hoarding program. And then on the twelfth, yeah, I'll be riding in fire trucks getting ice cream with my buddy from out in California. He's got a YouTube show which. Ice cream and fire trucks, two things that I love. Nice. Count me into that one. Try to figure out how to try to figure out how to squeeze squeeze over them. I'll just sit on your lap. Man. But uh, yeah, dude, I think the class is, you know, they extended it from an hour and a half to three hours. So oh, we're on like critical yeah, crucial moments, critical decisions. I think like nine forty five Friday, whatever that is, the eleventh. Uh, I will be there. We'll be there with my bill. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good conversation. We're gonna go. We're going to go way deep. And a lot of what we talked about today is going to be some of the topics we hit there, uh, you know, in that equation, we're going to get into biology and psychology and how we don't really ever see what it is we're seeing and the impact that creates. So I think it'll be a lot of fun, man. So I'm looking forward to sitting down with you in Nashville, having a good time. Uh, and brother, thanks again for coming on the episode. We're going to wrap this one up. Thanks, brother. All right. That wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much again for giving me your time and attention. I greatly appreciate it. Listen, if you got something from today's episode, if you heard one little piece that can benefit you or benefit those around you, do me a favor, do yourself a favor, do somebody else a favor and share this episode out. Introduce them to Mindset Radio. Bring them into the fold, get them listening, get them learning, and get them performing at a whole new level. 
Don't forget, swing by and check us out. You can follow us on Instagram at Mindset Radio. I'm personally at Mindset 06 Actual. If you want to follow me, head on over to Facebook, facebook.com backslash Mindset Radio, and hop into our Mindset Radio group. We're going to start having a little bit more deeper conversations, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some extra talks while we're there, and really enjoy it. Last but not least, two quick requests. Subscribe to the podcast and do me a favor, rate and review us. Now, see, the review part is pretty important because people look through, right? People want to look and see whether or not this is worth listening to. If you think it is, do me a favor, write us a note. So, listen, we're out for this Monday. We're back Wednesday with a phenomenal guest, Mike Trot. It's going to be a good episode. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're listening. Be safe out there. Thanks again.